2: It's 2018 and Kate Bailey is out getting drinks with her coworkers.
1: We were talking about this question about how um, we've never sent a woman to Congress in, in Vermont. And I listed off some women that I know that are, you know, pretty uh, heavy hitters in Vermont politics, like um,
2: Mitzi Johnson, you know, Speaker of the House, and Jill Krewinski, House Majority Leader, and we have some pretty popular senators. Becca Ballin is Majority Leader. Jane Kitchell chairs Appropriations. And Bailey says they start talking about who could win when a seat finally opens up in Washington.
1: And my coworkers kept, like, giving me reasons as to why, like, that wouldn't work. Oh, well, we can't have somebody from Chittenden or Grand Isle County because the rural counties in the states will never elect somebody. And same with Jill Krasinski. She's too young. And she's from Burlington.
2: Bailey is surprised. She grew up in New Hampshire. They've sent four women to Washington at a time. So naturally, she reaches out to us. Brave little state. My question is, Vermont is 50 out of 50 for sending a woman to Congress,
1: and our three representatives are all men in their 70s. So is Vermont ready to send a woman to Congress? Mm
0: From Vermont Public Radio, this
2: is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. And I'm Emily Corwin. Here on the show, we answer your questions about Vermont, our region, and its people. Because we want to make our journalism more inclusive, more transparent, and more fun. Today, we're focusing on a topic you've asked about several times.
1: My name is Carol Makopadai. I'm from
2: San Mateo, California.
1: I'm Kate Bailey from South Burlington.
0: My name's Catherine, And I live in Brattleboro. Camille Hare calling from Norwich, Vermont. As part of our reporting, we did something we've never done before. We were inspired by your curiosity to put a question in a recent poll conducted by VPR and Vermont PBS. We asked people, Do you think it's a problem that Vermont has never sent a woman to Congress?
3: We'll get to the poll later. First, Hi, brave little state. Camille here calling from Norwich, Vermont. Wanted to ask today, why is Vermont so progressive, but the only state in the nation without a woman in the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate? How do we change this?
0: We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to VEDA for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, VEDA has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to
2: support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com In 2018 Mississippi elected Cindy Hyde-Smith to Congress and that was the moment Vermont earned this special distinction It is now the only state never to have elected a woman to Congress What's up with that
3: I've been asking that question of myself you know why why are we at the bottom
2: This, if you don't recognize her voice, is Madeline Kunin. She became governor of Vermont three days before I was born, in January 1985.
3: I and some friends of mine kind of celebrated when I was elected, not only for myself and my own victory, but we were convinced the dam was broken. Uh, Now there'd be a, a deluge of Women governors following in, in in my footsteps, and that just as hasn't happened. In
2: 1990, Cunin decided not to run for a fourth term. Vermonters still haven't elected another woman to that office, or sent one to D.C. It's been 30 years.
3: I just hope I get to see that day.
2: So why? Why no women? The first thing you might think of is bias. But voters in all states have bias. What Vermont doesn't have is opportunity. That's the biggest challenge facing people in Vermont. This is Jean Sinsdak with the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers University. First, she says, we're small. California sends 55 people to Washington. Vermont, just three. Leahy, Sanders, and Welch. Next, the Vermont electorate is pretty blue. It's gone for every Democratic presidential nominee since 1992. You might think that that would work in women's favor. It doesn't. The number one thing that prevents newcomers from coming into the political process is the power of incumbency. Sinstack says historically, elected office holders have looked like our delegation. Older, white, and male. And when you run for reelection, the odds are very much in your favor. So if the white men get there first, like they did, chances are they're going to stay, especially if there isn't another party taking them on. When you're talking about places where races are essentially non-competitive, so deeply blue
1: states or you know, districts or deeply red states or districts, um, there's just not
2: as much opportunity. You know, the incumbents tend to benefit even more. Vermont's youngest representative, Peter Welch, is 71 and has been in Congress for 13 years. Senator Bernie Sanders has been there for nearly 30. Pat Leahy, the longest serving member of the Senate, has been in office for 45 years. And according to a recent VPR Vermont PBS poll, their favorability ratings are through the roof. Get this, women approve of all of them by about 15 percentage points over men. Who would spend their time and money challenging those kinds of numbers? Hello? Across the river, things are different. Hi, Representative. How are you doing? This is Emily with VPR. I'm good. New Hampshire Congresswoman Ann McLean Custer calls me from a car in Nashua, New Hampshire. I want to know how things go in a purple state. She says it was the weekend of President Obama's inauguration. When she found out a House seat, which had recently passed from a Republican man to a Democratic one, was being vacated, Custer jumped in.
1: So I ran for this seat um, as a new candidate.
2: She lost in a nail biter to the Republican. When she ran again, a National Democratic Congressional PAC put her campaign on a list they call, quote, red to blue. It offers support to candidates they think can flip seats.
1: And I would be invited to events event with um, then-majority leader uh, Pelosi.
2: The PAC invited her to parties with influential people, gave her funding, and, of course, she worked her tail off.
1: And in 2012, I
2: won. Custer went to Congress in the first all-female congressional delegation in U.S. history. Today, eight of the ten candidates in the Democratic Congressional PAC's red-to-blue program are women. Two are people of color. None are from Vermont. Of course, it's already blue. Our question askers don't just want to know why Vermont has never sent a woman to Congress, but what is being done to change that? One question asker from Brattleboro named Catherine says she wants Senators Leahy and Sanders to think hard before running for reelection. And
0: it's ultimately it's a personal choice how long people want to stay. But I think it's important to think about the consequences of the choices that we're making and what it stops from happening.
2: Neither Senator Leahy nor Senator Sanders agreed to an interview. Congressman Welch says this.
3: Well, the ultimate decision about who serves and how long they serve obviously belongs uh, to Vermonters. And they've got to make that decision and have an opportunity to do that uh, in the case of Congress for every two years and the case of Senate for every six years.
2: Eventually, a seat will be vacant because of retirement, or perhaps more imminently, election to the nation's highest office. SINSDAC with the Center for American Women in Politics, says the most important thing Vermonters can do to elect a woman is get ready now, whether that's organizing or fundraising or something else.
1: We know from research that women are far less likely to be asked to run for office
0: by political influencers. So, you know, you're talking about party officials Um, other elected officials, sort of people, like, you know, top members of the
2: community. Studies show that women are also less likely than men to just up and decide to run on their own. And that is where the Vermont chapter of a national nonprofit called Emerge comes in. It recruits and trains women to run for office. Women like Alyssa Black. She started thinking about running after talking with her own state representative. Black's son had recently died by suicide with a firearm, and she was at the state house advocating for a 24 hour waiting period during gun purchases. When her state rep compared that waiting period with an abortion restriction, she was offended. I, I was just incensed. So Black decided to challenge him in the next election. But she was filled with the same self doubt research shows stop so many women from running. And then the realities set in,
1: and you think, well, no, that's ridiculous. You can't do that.
2: What have you done in your life to make you qualified? How do you even run? That's when she remembered an article she'd read about Emerge, that program that trains women who want to run for office. During intensive weekend workshops, Emerge teaches you how to write a stump speech, strategies for door knocking. So Black signed up. And we did fundraising, (laughs) one weekend which is terrifying especially when you're
1: asking for that money for you and you know they went through strategies and then then they made us actually start doing it and we all did it and at the end you're like
2: I can do this Former Governor Madeleine Kunin started the Vermont chapter of Emerge in 2013. Today, 35 Emerge alums are in elected office, 17 in the Vermont legislature. We may not have had a governor who's female in three decades, and we may never have sent a woman to Congress. But get this, the Vermont State House has better gender equity than almost any other U.S. state. So when a seat does finally open up in Congress, what's going to happen? Deb Markowitz is Vermont's former secretary of state, and she's a former board member of Emerge. She's optimistic Vermont will soon elect a woman to Congress. But she says bias is real. In 2010, she ran in the Democratic primary for governor. And she says people frequently said she didn't look the part. She is, by the way, about five feet tall. In
1: in our culture, we are trained to think about authority as being in the male voice.
2: The things we tend to value in a leader, she says, are stereotypically masculine. Researchers call this phenomenon the double bind. And the double bind is if a woman
1: acts like a leader, she becomes unlikable because she's not like We'd expect a woman to be, but if she acted like a woman, then uh, you know the way we expect a woman to be, then she doesn't seem like a leader.
2: And this is what our question asker Kate Bailey was worried about when her colleagues were dismissing women who might run for Congress. That
1: conversation that I was having with my with my coworkers, drinking you know drinks after work, where we were just sort of casually shooting folk shooting women down. Um, I want us to take a hard look at that and think about why we're not doing that for, you know, Tim Ash and Zuckerman and these other
2: well-known men. Ash, by the way, is Senate pro tem and David Zuckerman, lieutenant governor. Pretty soon, they will both go up against women in races for statewide office. Zuckerman will face Rebecca Holcomb in a primary for governor. And Ash will face three eMERGE graduates, Debbie Ingram, Molly Gray, and Brenda Siegel, in a primary for lieutenant governor. And that's just who's announced so far. A week ago, VPR's newsroom got back results for a VPR Vermont PBS poll. And that poll included a question inspired by this episode's theme. We had to fit the issue into a multiple-choice question. So we asked this. Vermont is the only state that has never elected a woman to the U.S. House or U.S. Senate. In your opinion, is that a major problem, a minor problem, or not a problem at all? 46% of Vermonters said not a problem. 52 said it is a problem. Most, a minor one. Women and younger folks were more likely to say it is a problem. But the biggest predictor was party. Republicans were more than twice as likely than Democrats to say Vermont's track record of not sending women to Congress is not a problem. David Grant took our poll. He says his answer to this question was not a problem. I ask why.
1: And most of the people I associate with, they don't care a man or a woman. They want somebody who's to do the job. So, in my eyes, the people I associate with, no, it's not a problem.
2: Grant works as a truck driver and lives in Barrie. Hello. Beth Brody is a retired school principal in Burlington. She says the fact Vermont hasn't sent a woman is a minor problem because we've come so far.
1: When you look historically, um, at at Vermont as in the rest of the country. Those leadership positions went to men, um, and and men were more encouraged to do that. I I think we're seeing a turn of the tide. So when I say it's a problem, it's a problem that we didn't face a long time ago, and we should have.
2: The Vermonters I talk to agree on a lot of things. Most believe Vermont has a good delegation already. Most think the system has favored men in the past. And most think Vermont women have an equal shot at winning office in the future. So what does it matter if we've never sent a woman to Congress? When I told Senator Becca Ballant that 46% of Vermonters said never having sent a woman to Congress was not a problem, she sounded like I had punched her in the gut. We're friends and it was just a casual conversation, so I wasn't recording. But later, at the state house, I asked her to explain. And she said it's because she grew up wanting to be in politics, wanting to run for office, but not having any role models.
1: And so for decades, I put aside thinking that I might be able to have that job. And so, and I know many women feel the same way, and girls feel the same way. And I know this because pages, girl pages, will come up to me in this building and say... I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you are a strong woman in this chamber because now I can see myself in this role.
2: Madeline Kunin was that role model for many women in office in Vermont today. And though it's impossible to know what will happen when a seat in U.S. Congress finally opens up, Kunin says she is optimistic.
3: We have a a good package of experienced women who would certainly answer the question, is she qualified?
2: For Brave Little State, I'm Emily Corwin.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. And thanks to Catherine, Kate, Carol, and Camille for the great questions. You can ask us anything about Vermont anytime at bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can sign up for our free newsletter and vote on the question you want us to tackle next. This episode was produced by Emily Corwin with reporting from Bob Kinzel and me. Sarah Ashworth and I edited the episode. Our digital producer is Elodie Reed. Engineering support from Chris Albertine. Ty Evans composed our theme music, Other Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. You can support us by becoming a sustaining member of VPR at bravelittlestate.org donate. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back soon. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions.